The Merry Beggars at Relevant Radio present Episode 15, The Cratchit Family. The ghost of Christmas present stood with Scrooge in the city streets on Christmas morning, but the people scraped the snow from the pavement in front of their dwellings. The house fronts looked black enough, and the windows blacker, contrasting with the smooth, white sheet of snow upon the roofs, and with the dirtier snow upon the ground. The sky was gloomy, and the shorter streets were choked up with a dingy mist, half-thawed, half-frozen, whose heavier particles descended in a shower of sooty atoms, as if all the chimneys in Great Britain had, by one consent, caught fire and were blazing away to their dear heart's content. There was nothing very cheerful in the climate or the town, and yet there was an air of cheerfulness abroad that the clearest summer air and brightest summer sun might have endeavoured to diffuse in vain. For the people were jovial and full of glee, and now and then exchanging a facetious snowball, better-natured missile far than many a wordy jest laughing heartily if it went right, and not less heartily if it went wrong. The steeples called good people all to church and chapel, and away they came, flocking through the streets in their best clothes and with their brightest faces. And at the same time there emerged from scores of by-streets, lanes and nameless turnings, innumerable people who, not having ovens in their own houses, were now carrying their dinners to the baker's shops to have them cooked in the baker's large ovens. <laughs> the sight of these poor revellers appeared to interest the spirit very much, for he stood with Scrooge beside him in a baker's doorway, and taking off the covers as the bearers passed, sprinkled incense on their dinners from his torch. And it was a very uncommon kind of torch. For once or twice, when there were angry words between some dinner carriers who had jostled each other, he shed a few drops of water on them from it, and their good humour was restored directly. For they said it was a shame to quarrel upon Christmas Day. And so it was. God love it, so it was. Is there a peculiar flavour in what you sprinkle from your torch? There is. My own. Would it apply to any kind of dinner on this day? To any kindly given. To a poor one most. Why to a poor one most? Because it needs it most. They went on, invisible, into the suburbs of the town. It was a remarkable quality of the ghost, which Scrooge had observed at the baker's, that notwithstanding his gigantic size, he could accommodate himself to any place with ease and that he stood beneath a low roof quite as gracefully and like a supernatural creature as it was possible he could have done in any lofty hall. And perhaps it was the pleasure the good spirit had in showing off this power of his, or else it was his own kind, generous, hearty nature, and his sympathy with all poor men, that led him straight to Scrooge's clerks. For there he went, and took Scrooge with him, holding to his robe. And on the threshold of the door the spirit smiled, and stopped to bless Bob Cratchit's dwelling with the sprinkling of his torch. Scrooge and the spirit went into the Cratchit's dwelling to better observe its happy inhabitants. Come now, Belinda, help me lay this cloth. Be careful now. The edge is tearing already, but it'll do us good for another Christmas yet. Now, Master Peter, those potatoes are for dinner, not one's evening snack. Off with ye. They're excellent. Off with ye, ye young rascal. Look, Mama, his shirt collar's covered with the sauce. 
Peter. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. Peter, that's your father's collar given special to ye today. If father's going to lend ye nice things, ye best take care of them or... Well, it's no matter now. You'll just have to wear father's collar for the rest of the day. Stains and all, mind you. Oh, no! What's this? What's this? We smelled it! We smelled it, Mama! We smelled it! It was ours, Mama! It was ours! Now, on God's good earth, what are you two little ones talking about? We smelled it, Mama! We really did! We were outside the baker and we smelled it! Smelled what now? Our goose, Mama! Our goose! It really is ours! The baker even said so! And it smells magical, Mama! That will feed even young Master Peter! Indeed! Well, if the goose is bound to come as you say, we had better finish the table being said, hmm? Yes, Mum. Now, what has ever got your precious father, then? And your brother, Tiny Tim? And Martha went as late last Christmas Day by half an hour. Here's Martha, Mother. She's coming now. Why, bless your heart alive, my dear. How late you are. Sorry, Mama. We had a deal of work to finish up last night and had to clear away this morning, Mother. Well, never mind so long as you are come. Sit ye down before the fire, my dear, and have a warm Lord bless ye. No, no, there's father coming. <gasps> hide, Martha, hide. So Martha hid herself behind the closet door, and in came little Bob, the father, with at least three feet of comforter exclusive of the fringe hanging down before him, and his threadbare clothes darned up and brushed to look seasonable, and tiny Tim upon his shoulder. Alas for Tiny Tim, he bore a little crutch and had his limbs supported by an iron frame. Down you go, my boy. Down you go. There you are, Tim. Next time we go to church, you'll carry me on your shoulders, eh? What do you say about that? I'll do my best, Papa. And I dare say you'll do a most excellent job. (laughs) Hello, Papa. Welcome home, Papa. Why, thank you, Edward. And welcome home yourself, Belinda. And if you haven't outdone yourself again, my love, the potatoes smell exquisite. But now, why, where's our Martha? Isn't she home yet? Not coming. Not coming? Not coming upon Christmas Day? I am home, Papa. I am home. Martha, what's this? We were surprising you, Papa, but I hate to see you disappointed, even if only in joke. I couldn't stay hidden. (laughs) Well, aren't you a little rascal? I'm glad to have you home, even if jokes will happen. And how did little Tim behave? As good as gold. And better. Somehow he gets thoughtful, sitting by himself so much, and thinks the strangest things you ever heard. He told me, coming home, that he hoped the people saw him in the church, because he was a cripple, and it might be pleasant to them to remember upon Christmas Day who made lame beggars walk and blind men see. Bob's voice was tremulous when he told them this, and trembled more when he said that Tiny Tim was growing strong and hearty. His active little crutch was heard upon the floor, and back came Tiny Tim before another word was spoken, escorted by his brother and sister to his stool before the fire. And while Bob, turning up his cuffs, as if, poor fellow, they were capable of being made more shabby, compounded some hot mixture in a jug with gin and lemons, and stirred it round and round, and put it on the hob to simmer. Master Peter and the two ubiquitous young Cratchits went to fetch the goose, with which they soon returned in high procession. Scrooge and the spirit stood by, silently observing the Cratchit household in all its glorious activity. 
Scrooge remembered his sharp conversation with Bob Cratchit earlier on that same Christmas day, and a pain stabbed him in his remembrance. Subscribe at adventwithscrooge.com for the next episode of A Christmas Carol, and download a free companion guide with activities, questions, and coloring pages. Subscribe for free at adventwithscrooge.com. adventwithscrooge.com.